0: For each one that is here this morning, I do invite your attention to the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter 2. That's Second Thessalonians, chapter 2. I've simply titled this <clears throat> message this morning, sermon, whatever you want to call it, exhortation, whatever suits your boat, whatever suits your fancy. The last thread of hope. The last thread of hope. Obviously, we know that hope versus hopelessness. Amen. Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, penned these words, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us, and given us everlasting consolation and good hope. By grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And let the church say amen to the reading of the word of the Lord. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, again this morning, we thank you. We praise you. We're honored for your presence here among us. As we come to this time of the ministry of your word, I pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive what you would minister to us today. Lord, help us to be tender and sensitive to the working and moving of your Holy Spirit. Pray that you will use this vessel, use me as an instrument that I might speak those words which you would have ministered here today under the direction, the anointing of the precious Holy Spirit, and we'll thank you for it all. It's in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. And the classes may be, teachers and classes may be dismissed to their respectful locations. Amen. Amen. A number of years ago, while channel surfing, one evening I was sitting there at home just doing like a lot of us men do. I happened to be down on the bank of Christian channels, and I was running through there and listening to a little bit of what this preacher had to say, and that preacher had to say, and some I liked, and some was hit the channel quick and move on, but anyway, as I was surfing there, I happened to come across one of Bill Gaither's homecoming gospel hours. And, and uh, I stopped at that location as there was a couple who happened to be singing at that particular moment in time as I was surfing through there by the name of Jeff and Sherry Easter. They were singing a song that caught my attention. Oftentimes, a song will. I love to listen to the message that's in song, not just the melody, but I listen to the message. And I came to learn that the title of that song is Thread of Hope. And for some reason this past week, and some of these things is just unexplainable to me. I don't know why these things happened to me, but this song has come to my mind on numerous occasions. I don't know that I've heard the song since that occasion that evening, but there it was in my head. And uh, which has inspired what I'm about to share with you this morning. In fact, the first stanza of this song says, The woman needed healing of that dreaded disease. Her money brought physicians, but only Jesus could bring relief. And though her last thread of hope was worn down to a strand, her heart held on to faith till she could touch Him with her hand. Obviously, if you've done any Bible reading at all in the Gospels, you know that the songwriter there is relating to the story and the occasion, the account of the woman that approached Jesus who had had a flow of blood for 12 years and this unhealable disease and with all her options gone and she had spent everything that she had on doctors and physicians and she had gone to one specialist after another and one doctor after another and this one perhaps, perhaps providing an answer or, or a hope till the point that she had no more to spend and all the physicians had run out of answers and there was nowhere else to go and nowhere else to turn. But somewhere, sometime, someway along the way, somebody had mentioned to her about this man named Jesus. And hanging on to that last thread of hope in the midst of a multitude and a crowd of people, as she tried her best to get to Him, knowing that by what she had heard and what she had seen and what others had told her and perhaps what others had testified of His power and His healing virtue and all that had transpired, she knew that if I could just get close enough to touch the hem of His garment, and that was the only hope she had. Her finances were gone, every every direction she could have turned had been exhausted, every avenue had been exhausted, and there was just nowhere else. All could she do was throw her hands up in desperation and and confront the prospects that she may die. But when she heard about this man named Jesus, there was one last thread of hope that dawned her mind and dawned her thoughts, if I could just get close enough. To touch Him. And in that last thread of hope, at that last moment when it seemed that all hope was gone, she reached out to Him with every ounce of strength and everything she could muster from within her weak, fragile body and touched the hem of His garment. And you know the rest of the story. The Course goes on to say, because when you're hanging by a thread... Still, you can climb life's mountain. Though the cliffs are rough and jagged, you can cope. If you should slip and reach rope's end, oh, there's been a lot of times I've slipped right down and just barely hanging on by that knot in the end of that proverbial rope. But if you slipped and reached rope's end, you'll find the hem of His garment, so don't let go of that last thread of hope and so true it was with the woman that had the flow of blood when she had slipped down to ropes end and there was nowhere else to go she found the hem of his garment you see it oftentimes seems at least to myself and i assume probably to you as well that hope is an elusive emotion we hope for many things and we hope for good things we hope for spiritual things we hope for godly things You see, spiritual hope, by definition, is a confident expectation in things beyond this world. Again, it's a confident expectation of things beyond this world. So for the next few minutes, I would like for you and I to consider the idea and concept, if you will, of hope from two primary perspectives. The first will be spiritual which is probably the only aspect we will get covered today due to the constraints of time. And then there's the eternal perspective of hope. And maybe we'll do that next week, whatever the case might be. But today I want to just address, if you will, stick with me for a few moments, the idea of this hope that we have from a spiritual perspective. And again, that reminds you, spiritual hope is a confident expectation in things Beyond this world. Things be out of our control, things that we cannot do on our own, but things that are out of this world or beyond this world. The psalmist penned these words as it relates to hope in God's Word. Oh, how we have a hope in God's Word. Amen. Child of God, let me tell you, when you don't feel like it, when all of the shout has gone out of you, when all of the air has been taken out of you, the sails of your life... We have the Word of God we can place our hope in. The psalmist says those in Psalms 119 and 74, those who fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your Word. The implication and the inference being the psalmist is saying, those who fear you, God, will be glad when they take a good look at me, because in me there has been a change in me because of the hope that I have placed in your Word. Amen. Remember, the Word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a living thing. My friends, we can place our hope in God's Word. Amen. When everything else around us is collapsing and falling away, we can place our hope in God's Word. In fact, Jesus told the believers of His day, which is applicable to you and I, in Matthew 24 and 35, He says this, Heaven and earth will pass away. They're going to. Without question, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but he said, my words will by no means pass away. When it's all gone, when it's all taken away, the words of the Lord will remain forever. Amen? Amen? It was spiritual hope that enabled Abraham to become the father of the faithful. Again, spiritual hope enabled Abraham to become the father of the faithful. God made an initial promise to Abraham when he was 75 years old. God told Abraham that in him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God told Abraham that He would bless him and he would become a mighty nation. God told him and gave him all of these great and precious promises. All of these great things God promised to Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation. It was just him and Sarah. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse them who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth be blessed. And Abraham just departed believing what God had said. Seventy-five years old. God made him this promise, and Isaac wasn't born. His promised son was not born until he was a hundred years old, some twenty-five years down the road. One day, while worshiping as Abraham did so often, God spoke to him and said that he and Sarah, or oh, Abraham, he he wanted he, he wanted an offspring. He wanted a heritage. He wanted a lineage, and he so desperately believed that. God's promise and he every day would wake up knowing that God had said some things and he was hanging on to the very things that God had said knowing that God would keep His Word. He, God told Abraham one day, some years later, He said, you and Sarah are going to have a child. Now that in and of itself was not the impossible issue. The impossible issue was that promise was made long, and I mean Long. After Sarah and Abraham were beyond the years of being able to bear children. However, Abraham took God at his word. And every morning Abraham would get up and start his day with the hope in view. God promised it. I'm going to hold on to that hope until I see that hope of mine fulfilled. He would get up and start his day with that very hope in view knowing Years passed. In fact, about 25 years after God had made the initial promise and call, were their hopes finally realized. Can you imagine waiting on God's promise for 25 years? In fact, the Apostle Paul in his writing to the Roman church referred to the hope that Abraham placed in God's promise this way. In Romans chapter four, verses 16 through 18, Paul wrote this using this illustration. He said, Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, he believed God who gives life to the dead and caused those things which do not exist as though they did. I I need to give you a minute to take that that phrase in. You see what he says, "...are God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that He became the Father of many nations." You see, it was not logical for Abraham to even consider or contemplate the idea that he and Sarah would have a child at their age. It was not logical for them to even... That's why Paul said, "...who contrary to hope, in hope believed, contrary to everything one might think, one might know to be true, one might know to be fact, He in hope believed so that He became the Father of many nations. Because God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. As it was physically impossible for Him and Sarah to bear children... However, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And Abraham who contrary to hope, in hope believed, saw the fulfillment of their hope come to pass. Paul also writing to the church made this profound and bold statement. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Paul said, Now hope does not disappoint. Whew, that's a bold statement. Paul said, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Our hope in God's Word, our hope in Jesus Christ, our hope in the promises of His Word will not disappoint us. They will come to pass they will be fulfilled can you say amen Abraham learned that he found that out he held on to the promise and to the hope that he had in what God had told him and after many years of waiting and looking and hoping and desiring the promise finally came to fruition amen the second thing I want you to notice is from a spiritual aspect is hope is the saving element in life hope is the saving element in life although we believe in jesus christ and have not yet physically seen him nor touched him we believe amen we have i I haven't seen him We have not yet seen eternity, nor what it will look like, other than what God's Word reveals to us and gives us some kind of a snapshot into what eternity will be. Yet we look forward to and long for eternity, because that is our hope. That is our hope. Paul proclaimed it this way in Romans chapter 8, verses 24. And 25, he said, For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Once we have seen hope fulfilled, we no longer hope for that particular thing. Once we hope for certain things and we believe god for certain things and once those things have come to pass we no longer need to hope for that because that hope has been fulfilled so paul said for we were for we were saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not yet for why does one still hope for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we eagerly wait for it with perseverance with patience we wait for the hope and the promise that he's going to return for his people in hope and in faith, we wait eagerly for the, with perseverance for the promises of His Word to come to fruition. Amen. Abraham and Sarah waited a long, long time and the scriptures are replete with those who have seen the promise and the hope that they long for fulfilled through Almighty God. I want you to also note, the next thing is that the source of our hope is in Scripture. Now here's how the Scripture works in our quest for hope in this crazy world we live in. Boy, don't we ever live in a crazy world. The more I listen to the news and what's going on in the world, the more I remain breathless at the unbelievable things that take place in our world. But Paul said this as it relates to our hope. He said, For whatsoever things were written before were written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. In other words, I can take the Word of God And I can look through it. The things that are written from cover to cover are written for you and I. So that I can go and you can go and we can go and we can look at the lives of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and all through the prophets and those who have gone before us and the early church and all of those. We can look at those things and... It's because of our, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we can have hope. We can look and see what God has done for them. How He saved them, and how He worked through them, and how He worked in them, and for them, and on their behalf. And we can go away with assurance that if He did that for them, He will do that for us. Amen. If He kept His promise to Abraham and Sarah, He will certainly keep His promise to you and I. Amen. In other words, I can or I should say we can look into the lives of those who have gone before us through Scripture. We can oftentimes sit and think back of those of our not too distant ancestors, ancestors who have walked this road ahead of us and have kept the faith, who have watched God fulfill His promise and their hope remains steadfast unto the end. All of those faithful believers from yesteryear, and we can see how God worked and done great things in their lives and how He delivered them. He saved them, kept them, walked with them, and worked through them. You see, we can hope in the things that God of God based on the way God kept His promises to them. So not only through Scripture, but also through the lives of those who have gone before us that we know that we can put our hope and our trust in Him. Amen? Aren't you glad this morning for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? And I'm telling you, my friend, we need all the hope we can muster up in Him. The next aspect of spiritual hope is that hope abides forever. Hope abides forever. It was no accident that Paul told the church at Corinth, In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, he said, Now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You see, my friend, regardless of our circumstances, I get up every day hoping and believing for many things. Some days I see a measure Of the fruition of but hope? Some days I don't. But the next day I get up still hoping. Regardless of our circumstances. Regardless of how we may feel at any given time. Regardless of how the future may look. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. He said, look, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Amen. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Amen. Think about those words he said for a moment. He said, you know, I, I'm, I'm hard pressed on every side. I, it's, it's not easy. But he said, they've not crushed me yet. Amen. He said, I, I'm perplexed. Woo. No doubt. There was times that he was perplexed, just like oftentimes we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Because he knew what his God could do, he knew what his God would do. He, see, hope abides forever if we continue in the faith. If we continue to be grounded and steadfast, Amen. In fact, Paul told the church at Colossia in Colossians one and twenty-three. He said, "If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard." Which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. So you see, we have a good hope through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like the sound of that. Paul said, we have a good hope. Amen. Not just a hope, but we have a good hope. In fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 16 through 17, Said, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us an everlasting consolation and good hope. Oh, brother Wiley, we have a good hope. Amen. We have a good hope. Good hope by grace, comforts your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Amen. Hope abides forever. Hope abides forever. Well, Pastor, I don't, you know, I don't have things that just, you know, I don't, I'm really not, friend. We have hope. We need to take a good close look at the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? We have a hope in Him. That's the only thing, times, we have to hold on to is the hope that we have through His Word. I don't always feel like I'm on the road to victory. I don't always feel like running and shouting and hooping and hollering and, whoo, everything's hunky-dory. and We don't always feel that way, but yet somewhere in the midst of our being, somewhere in the soul of our being, we can reach in and have that hope that we know He has never left us or forsaken us. He has done it before, and He'll do it again. Amen? I want you to note also next is that believers are called to give testimony of their hope. We are called to give testimony of the hope that we have within us. Now I will tell you this. If you have hope in government, if you have hope in the leadership of the world, if you have hope in men, you are in trouble. Our hope must be... In Jesus Christ and in Him alone. In fact, the songwriter said, My hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. We believers are called to give testimony of our hope. or oh, we have a hope not only in this life, but beyond this veil in which we live today. Amen. As many of us have come to recognize as we age, these bodies begin to age and they begin to take on some attributes that we find not too pleasing. A lot of things quit working that used to work. A lot of motion and ability and things that we used to just do without thought now takes every ounce of fiber that's in us to be able to do them. And as we age, the body grows weaker, and it lends closer and closer to that day of mortality in which we will no longer be. But I'm here to tell you, friend, I have a hope in the reality that when this day comes, that I take my last breath, that, friend, on the other side of the portal waits for me a new body. Amen. Amen. One that will no longer have those limitations and those frailties and all of those things that we experience as we grow older and things happen. I was sitting there in the living room yesterday, and my wife and I were having a conversation. She looks at me and gets this puzzled look on her face. She said, what would you do to your left eye? I said, I didn't do anything to my eye. She said, have you looked in the mirror? And I said, no. I haven't done anything today. You need to go look in the mirror. So I go look in the mirror. There's this big old black and blue bloody place across my eyelid. looks like somebody. She just took her fist and went... Phew. Just part of aging. Here we go. One day we'll have a new body. Amen. But we're called as believers to give testimony of our hope. You see, as the world and society around us continues to decay and grow increasingly worse, we as born-again believers are called upon to give testimony of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. When the world is falling apart, friend, we can rise to the occasion and know with an assurance that we have a hope in Jesus Christ. We can... Rise to give testimony to the fact that we have a hope that the world does not understand. We have a hope that they don't know about because as the apostle Peter penned in first Peter chapter three and verse 15, he said, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks of you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Amen. I want folks to ask me about the hope that is within me. Why are you so positive and upbeat in such a negative and gloomy world and society? Because I know Jesus Christ and one day I'm going to go to be with him. One day we're going to be with him in eternity. One day I'm going to have a we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth where Aaron dwelleth. Righteousness, one day I'm going to have a new body, and all of this stuff's going to be gone. Spent my whole life preparing for that. The day when He says to me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. I want to live my life in such a way and in such a hope that people will ask me, Why, are you, why aren't you gloomy and sad and all depressed and worn out and downtrodden like everybody else? To? Because, oh, I have a hope in Jesus Christ. My hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. I guess my question would be at this point, to the church, to those of us who are professing born-again believers, are we living? Are we living in such a way that it causes those around us to ask, why are we so hopeful? And I know there's a lot of things we would long be better I could give you a long list of things I would I hope would be better and things would be different but they are what they are and we are who we are and but I want people to ask why am I so hopeful I also ask you are we living in this world as heaven-bound people? Are we living as eternally saved believers in Jesus Christ? While the world and society may be in big trouble, we as born-again, God's chosen people, we are not in trouble. Amen. Our citizenship is not of this world. Remember that. We are pilgrims just passing through. Amen. I'm not saying you should ignore your civil duties and your civil obligations. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying my fine, my citizenship is not of this world because I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Amen? Oh, but we're called to give testimony of our hope. And we have a hope that many don't understand. Finally, this morning... From an eternal perspective, hope inspires us to clean living. Hope inspires us to clean living. I don't live the way I do because I'm bound by rules and regulations. I live the way I do because I want to be pleasing to Jesus Christ and my hope is in Him. Amen. He gave all that I could live. He gave all that I could know His healing, strength, and His power. He gave all that I would have eternal life and one day join Him in glory. The beloved Apostle John said it this way in 1 John chapter 3, verses 2-3. through Oh, I love these passages here. He said, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is Oh, there's a lot of things about passing into eternity that remain a mystery there's a lot of things we'll never know till we see him face to face there's a lot of things that i cannot explain to you but one thing i can tell you we friend when he Yet we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. That's all I need to know. Amen. That when He shall be revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Notice what John goes on to say. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Amen. Amen. I live the way I do because one day I know that when He is revealed, I'm going to be like Him, for I'm going to see Him as He is. I'm going to see Him in all of His glory and all of His splendor. Amen. As Brother David makes his way forward, I share with you the second stanza and chorus of the aforementioned song that says, Perhaps this is you. It says, Is that you hanging onto a frayed and fragile faith? Are you clinging to the rocks above the canyon of dismay? Reach out for the lifeline, it will never break in two. Hold fast and don't lose heart. Once again, God will pull you through. Once again, God will pull you through cuz when you're hanging by a thread still you can climb life's mountain though the cliffs are rough and jagged you can cope if you should slip or oh, sometimes we slip sometimes in a moment of despair we slip oh if we should slip and reach rope's end You'll find the hem of His garment. So don't let go that last thread of hope. So I would encourage you today, my friends, not to let go of your hope, which you have in Jesus Christ. I remember Him saying in His Word, I will never leave you or forsake you. He also said, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So if you've been hanging on to that frayed, thin strand of hope, could I encourage you to hold on, hold on. But if you do slip, you can touch the hymn. Of his garment. I know that in the day and time and hour in which we live, we are experiencing going through things that are, in some instances, absolutely tortures. We don't understand, we don't know why. But our God is faithful. And we can place our hope in Him. Would you stand with me this morning? I dawn each day with the hope that throughout the week I will hear it of testimonies and the things that God has done and doing in the lives of His people. I dawn each day with the hope that we'll see lives changed and transformed for His glory. I dawn each day with the hope that we'll see revival in God's church. I dawn each weekend with the hope that we'll see God working in a greater way than He did the week before. And I'll keep holding on to that hope. I'm going to keep holding on to that hope. And I know you are, you hope for a lot of things. I know there's some here that you've been hanging on to the hope of healing and strength and provision and all of the things that we encounter in the course of life i encourage you to hold on to that hope I'm reminded that psalmist said and i use this passage a lot said he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread i quote that to myself you don't know how many times a week he said, i've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread So this morning, as we worship for a moment, would you allow His Spirit to minister to you? The sure answer that I can give to you today, for whatever situation you might find yourself in, is to leave it in the hands of Jesus and put your hope and confidence in Him. Let's worship by David.